0: Let's just pray together. Lord, thank you that you've given us an opportunity here to hear from you today. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we've had just for a little bit here this morning to worship you, to come before you and confess our sins not only to one another but to you today so that we could be. Open and clean and available vessels for your service today. So, Lord, thank you for this reminder this morning for West Africa, which is a place that is on the heart of this region of the U.S. in the Northwest. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing and what you're going to continue to do in those 17 countries in West Africa through our small little things together in Liberia. And so, Lord, we just trust you for great and mighty things with that. Thank you for the time to be here. I pray, God, that you'd use your word to speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd use the testimony of your people that I'll share about today to speak to us. And, Lord, I pray that we will be obedient and do exactly what you want us to do today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, good morning, IBC. Thank you so much for coming today. Aaron, this feels so strange that I'm up here talking to you, so I want you to pay attention here today, okay? And uh, Tom as well. I can't get Tom to pay attention much of anything, so. Um, Corey, good to see you and your, your, your wife back there, right? Right? Okay. All right. Good. Good Good to have uh, you guys all here at church today. That's great. So uh, Tom is right. Um it's not that SBC, Scottsdale Bible Church, has taken over. But you know what's crazy? I've never met Tim Kimmel. <laughs> He's one of our elders at our church. He was a youth pastor back in 75. I'm hoping to maybe meet him this weekend uh, up here in, in Washington. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, how that goes here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my clicker going here and make sure that uh, it's on. Okay, we're on here. Is it up or down to forward it here? Whatever. Okay. All right. I might have to just go next, right? Okay, next. (laughs) All right. So um, it's really great to be here. You know, um, I love coming up to the Northwest, and I looked at the forecast, and I thought, okay, of course. It's completely opposite of Arizona right now. And so um, it's wonderful to be here. I've actually been traveling <clears throat> across the U.S. over the last couple of months, California. Of course, I live in Arizona, uh, the southeast and northwest Orlando, Chicago area, and then here. So it's been interesting. It's the first time I've been back able to speak in churches for like two years so I told Aaron that I've had like 6 or 7 speaking opportunities before here and I've just got it now worked out, you know, for the message. But um it's amazing to see what is happening across the US and various churches. Everything that you guys are experiencing, others are experiencing as well. Uh, I was at my home sending church and I looked out and I was like, where did everybody go? And all the reasons that you're facing back in Illinois, they're facing as well. But uh, thank you for coming. It's, it's great to be here. And um, I'm going to hit this and just see if it... Okay, there you go. Um, <clears throat> but I uh, just want to thank you for your prayers and your financial support for not only ZimZam Global, but for our family. This is a picture of us when we were in Montana in July. And here you are in Montana a million people in the whole state, right? It was wonderful being there, except at Glacier National Park, you could hardly see anything because of all the smoke, all the smoke across because of the fires. And then the last few days that we were there, my oldest son and his wife, my daughter-in-law came down with COVID. Like here we are in Montana, right? You can't even like find people hardly. And they get COVID. And then we get back my daughter, my wife, and my son, and I get back to Arizona, and my daughter gets really sick from it, and then our son, who has a history of asthma and issues, got really, really sick, and we were like this close to putting him in the hospital, and uh, he came through it, and so we've had our bouts, just like many of you, you know, have as well, and my wife, Carolyn, who knows Tom, Aaron, many of you here, uh, Corey, uh, she is right now leading our Special ministries, disability ministry at our church, Scottsdale Bible. And we, we serve about 150 families with different people in their families with disabilities. And so when I'm back, I'm speaking there like once a month, uh, teaching to this crowd, and that's what's going on th- this morning with them. But uh, my family thanks you for your continued faithful prayers and your uh, financial support. Um, and so this morning, you know, we want to talk a little bit about hope in times of crisis. And you know, one thing I wanted to say to you is that there's all kinds of people and pundits out there that their message is not very hopeful. Matter of fact, here's what I'd like to just say. Let's leave all the negative and downward spiral messaging for people that that's all that they know how to talk about. And we here, as followers of Jesus, what an opportunity we've got during what we would say one of the biggest global crises, if not the biggest, that we've all experienced in in our lifetime. And yet even in spite of that, God is doing amazing things, right? Isn't God doing amazing things still? Yes. He's doing amazing things here. He's doing amazing things in this region, amazing things in the U.S., around the world. People are coming to Jesus like you just would not believe. You hear about it, you read about it. As Tom mentioned this morning, you know, a group of missionaries, 17 of them, some of them kids, taken captive. And all kinds of things, you know, happening. But I want to talk a little bit this morning here about hope. And I'm going to go to a couple of passages that are probably familiar to to many of you. And you may look at them and go, wow, this doesn't seem very hopeful. But they really are full of hope for us. So I want to talk about a couple of passages, and then I want to talk about how we together, ZimZam Global, IBC, other things that you're doing, that we are bringing hope. And then some of the things that we get to do together in the near future, and beyond that, That is the most hopeful thing that that we can be doing together. You know, I say this as I travel around and speak to many places, that you know what? It's wonderful to be at places at times where on your worst day, by being together with them, it's their best day. On your worst day of maybe speaking, teaching, and presenting, it's like their best day. And I say this all over, and you guys know this too, right? Right? That your worst day here is so many people's best day globally if they were here. And so hope, it's all about perspective. And uh, we should be, we need to be the most hopeful people around. And I hope that when we are with others and that they're with you, whether it's people in the church, people in the community, they're like, wow, I want to be around that guy, that lady that person, because just something is just flowing out of them that I just absolutely love. Some will know that it's Jesus, others we're not really sure, but what an opportunity we have. And so a couple passages that I want to look at is found over in Matthew chapter 10. And so if you have your Bibles, I know you can look up here, but I still love to hear the rustling of the paper, right? I still love that. And I know we've got our digital ones, and you can read it up here. And so um, let's just read this passage of Scripture together here. But before we do, obviously in this passage, as you guys have been going through the New Testament, and um, you know, this is the, the point where Jesus is commissioning or sending out his, his 12 disciples, all of them. And he's going to be talking to them about some things that's just going to sound a little bit strange to them. If any of you have watched any of the series of The Chosen, I think it's given us a good perspective on what it was like for those disciples, because it's hard for us to like, put ourselves in their shoes, in their place, right? Because we can look at everything from Scripture and just see what God has already done. Whereas they're hearing this message for the first time, and Jesus says this to, to them here in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 22. He says, as he's sending them out, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. So yeah, that's my passage that I've chosen here to talk about hope today. Doesn't that feel really hopeful? Hmm? Doesn't feel really hopeful when you read that, right? When you hear it being said. And to think that these are Jesus' words to them as he was sending them out, right? And it's interesting. He uses what we call a telescopic prophecy here, starting from what's going to happen immediately before them and then what's going to happen to the future. And some say that he's referring to also as we get to the tribulation, although they wouldn't know that then. So it's starting off real small, what's going to happen right here, and then that telescopic prophecy gets further and further out of what it's going to be like as you depart from here and you're in the region and other places around the world. And he says this here to the disciples, hey, hey, I'm going to be sending you out like, like sheep among wolves. And many of you you've read about it, you've studied it, you see the differences between sheep and wolves. And you know, it's kind of like pretty humbling when we're we're described like sheep, right? We're not described like wolves. And Jesus is sending them out here among sheep and wolves. And what does he say? He says, "I want you to be shrewd as snakes. And innocent as doves. So when he says that, shrewd, right? He's talking about shrewd or being wise, right? Being wise or being shrewd. Being prudent or being clever. Or if I could just put it in today's terms, just don't be a jerk and an idiot. Okay? And wow, let me just say that when we've read this years ago... We would have never thought the area, the aura, the atmosphere that we're in right now. And if there's ever a time, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen to them as there are witnesses before the people. He says, I want you to be prudent, to be clever. Or I say this at times as I'm driving 80 miles an hour on the 101, don't be a jerk and an idiot. I don't know how many times I've had people roll down their windows and put out their hand and wave at me with one finger recently. And I can tell it's a lady because of the kind of watch she has on. And I say, you know what, I'm really sorry to mess up your whatever she's doing time. But he says, be clever, be prudent, be wise. And then he says here, to be innocent or to be unmixed, to be unmixed, to be different. And that different means to be wholly like me. And you think about all the things we've gone through inside the church, outside the church, in our communities, in our regions. And I've watched it from California to Arizona, stopped in Dallas, into Northwest Orlando, the Chicago area, I've seen everything, good, bad, and ugly, right? And Jesus is sending them out, and he says, hey, you know what? I want you to be wise and innocent, but he says, be on your guard. Be on your guard. And I don't know how well we've done that, Tom, Aaron. I'm not sure how well we've done that at times of... How well I've really stood, and I was really on my guard. I was on my guard, wise and very unmixed and holy at times, with what we've faced locally, regionally, you know, globally. And I'll be the first to tell you I've had to confess I have not been really holy in that moment. And I've asked to come to God and ask him for my forgiveness, for his forgiveness, for his forgiveness, for what I've done or what I've said, or I was not holy in that moment. He says, be on guard against men. And this is that telescopic prophecy that's happening here. He says, first here, among the local councils, as they will flog you in the synagogue. So we see local leadership here, what's going to happen before them. They're going to be flogged. And we see the local religious institutions that we know from Scripture, they're going to go against what what God wants. So he says here, be on guard, because you're going to be handed over to local councils and flood. Can you imagine being a disciple for the first hearing? It's like, what? What in the world are you talking about? What do you mean I'm going to, like, no, you're the miracle worker. You're the great healer. You're the one that's going to Crush Rome that they thought. So be on your guard against them. And then he says, On my account, you'll be brought before who next? The next level of the telescopic prophecy? You'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Wow. Governors and kings as witnesses. I wonder right now, Tom, with these group of people that have been taken captive, if God has allowed them because, you know what? He's wanting them to be the witnesses before that gang. And is our first prayer, as we heard that in the news, Lord, we just want to pray for them? Or is it, Lord, we pray for your gospel witness before them with what's happened in their lives? And to the Gentiles, he says here. But he says, when they arrest you, what? What does he say here? Don't worry about what to say, because I'm going to be there, and I'm going to give you just the exact words to say. What a word to us. When we get in situations, we get in circumstances, not that we're being brought before councils and, and synagogues right now, but maybe we're being brought before others. And do we really, like, just stop in that moment and go, Lord, I don't know what to say. Give me the exact words to say here, because I don't want to be an idiot. I want to be holy before you. For what? It's not you speaking, but the Spirit speaking through you. So here's the third thing he says here. What you're going to experience is brothers will be betrayed brothers to death, and a father and his child. Children will rebel. And then he says kind of generally what's going to be happening among them. All men, you'll be in an environment where basically you're hated because of me. But here's that hope, right? Here's that promise. Even through all of this, what's the last part of verse 22? He says, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. I will be there. I am with you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. So that's our hope there. That's our promise that God has given us through that opportunity. And so, you know, there's at times where God is asking us to stand firm and be that witness. And there's times where God is asking us and directing us to flee. Not because we don't want to be a witness, but that's what he's directing us to do. And scripture is really clear on that. As a matter of fact, I love this, this statement from, from John Bunyan in his book. In 1684, a book he wrote called Seasonable Counsels. And he says this here Thou mayest do in this as it is in thy heart. If it is in thy heart to fly, fly. If it be in thy heart to stand, stand. Anything but a denial of the truth. He that flies has warrant to do so, he that stands has warrant to do so. Yea, the same man may both fly and stand as the call and working of God with his heart may be. Moses, he fled. In Exodus 2, Moses stood in Hebrews 11. David fled in 1 Samuel 19, David stood in 1 Samuel 24, Jeremiah fled, chapter 37, verse 11, he stood in chapter 38, Christ withdrew himself in Luke 19, Christ stood in John 18, Paul fled in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul stood. So what is it that I should do for my witness? It depends on the situation and how God is leading and directing you. And you know what? We get on our little tangents at times and think, well, you know, this is what it... I believe God should want us to do so you should do it too. That's not the biblical example. It's just not. And situations, circumstances are different, and uh, I'll make it applicable today. One of the things that's been probably one of the biggest div- divisions in the church and in the families has been what? The vaccine, not vaccine, the mask, not mask, right? We all have experienced it. What is the right thing to do? I think it's at times both, either or. And uh, it wasn't the pandemic, but it was incredible difficulty that they're facing, even more than what we're facing right now, The God had led some to stand and some to flee. But what is our other hopeful passage? I love this passage in John 12. So we looked at the telescopic prophecy in Matthew we saw an example of John Bunyan back in the 1600s but look at this here in John 12:24 through 26 verily verily i tell you unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life whoever serves me must follow me and where i am my servant also will be my father will honor the one who serves me wow it talks about for us, really, right, to love culturally, to love our community, to love regionally, to love globally. To do that well, we have to die to love well, right? And the rights that we think that we have, they should be driven to the ground and buried Because over in Galatians chapter five, verse 24, what does the scripture say? That our flesh has already been crucified. So we've got the power, the opportunity locally, globally, to die daily as Jesus modeled that for us so that people can really live, so that we can really, really live. And that really, let me just say, that hope in the last part here, As we die daily, isn't this amazing? As we make that choice to live under the resurrection power, my Father will honor the one who serves me. Wow! That we will be honored. He will honor us. He will honor those around us as we make that choice to die, even though it doesn't feel like it at different times. And I know that you guys do this. I know that you pray for the elders. You pray for the pastors here and their families And I want to just say that please do not stop doing that. Do not stop doing that. Continue to do that. And tell them that. Give them a gift card to send send them out to eat. Buy their gas. Take care of them well because of the pressures and the difficulties. Do we like stand? Do we go a different direction? What do we do? Yes. All that is there. And so... How do we apply this to us not only locally here, but but globally? How do we do that? What is in the world's really happening here? Well, there's a lot going on this week. Matter of fact, as I'm speaking here and just sharing my heart with you guys here at IBC, our board chairman, Dan Stevenson, is speaking this morning at Dungeness Community Church in Squim, And our director in Africa, Kenya, you guys know Francis, he has just been meeting and speaking because we're doing our next church plant from Lifeway Mission Church there that you guys were a part of, up in the northwest through our leader, David. And they're launching that new church plant this weekend. So there's a lot happening across the globe. But let's just take a peek at a few things here as we look at that. And I know you've heard from Pastor Tom, you've heard from Aaron, others here. But I just want to remind us again, as we we finish up here this morning, and we get to about 1040, I want to just remind you to pray for that 10:40 window there. That 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 window in North Africa, Middle East, South Asia, Northeast India. That I just use the term four billion because I don't think people really know, but it's somewhere between three to four billion people. That basically we make it easy this way, right? That they don't know a believer, they've never seen one, they've never had really access to a Bible. And they've not been around any body of Christ. So it's kind of like the three B's in that 1040 window. And that right there should continue to break our hearts and motivate us. And within that three to four billion, we would say about two billion kids worldwide, but the majority of them in that, that they've never met a believer, they've never seen a Bible, and they have no idea when we say body of Christ what in the world that even means. So the three B's there. And that's what we're a part of here. That's what we're going to be a part of as we are equipping the next generation of leaders. And Tom mentioned it as we were birthed out of Zimbabwe and Zambia. If we got one thing right, it's our name. People remember our name. And one of the things that we like about it is it doesn't sound religious. It doesn't sound like a church. It could sound like a candy store. It could sound like some kind of company. And we like that because of just where things are at globally. But this area here should just break our hearts and continue to motivate us to do what we're doing, not only here, but, but, but globally. And then this region of Northeast India that several of, of the pastors here have been, we were supposed to go there in November, and it just it got shut down. But why is this so important, this region of the world? Well, God's put us in this amazing platform. Tom has preached out there, Aaron, uh, many of our team and others. But this region that God has put us in, Northwest, you guys have had John Pudatti. you've had Lao up here before, right? Man, right on the crossroads of some of the most difficult, destructive areas of the world. Here's something that's really cool. Up here in the Northwest this week... <laughs> Tom and I are meeting with two leaders from Pakistan. Can you believe that? They're coming to the like this this neck of the woods. And we're going to be meeting with them because Zimzam Global, and I'll just say IBC has been invited. A month from now, we were supposed to be right on the Nepal border here, delivering our first church planting training, where we train leaders. To plant churches through reaching and discipling kids. Is that like a great opportunity or what? Hello? Okay, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's okay, we can like go back and forth, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely a great opportunity. So um, amazing opportunity. We're gonna be meeting with two leaders from Pakistan. And here's the thing that is so crazy, and maybe you've heard this, maybe you've read it. But like, (laughs) the fastest growing church in the world is Iran. It's Iran. The second fastest growing that we've been told but we have not been able to get confirmed by percentage is Afghanistan. Can you believe that? You only hear a little bit. You only hear a little bit on the news, right? You hear about the tank and people on the plane and people falling off, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And through all of our contacts and relationships, we haven't been able to get that confirmed officially, but we've been told that. And so we have been invited, ZimZam Global, IBC, to help come alongside and train leaders that are Afghan believers and people coming across the mountains into Pakistan, through Pakistan into northwest India, many landing in this region here. When this pandemic started, I never thought that we would ever be thinking about like Pakistan. Are you kidding me? But we are, and we're going to be meeting with a couple of leaders to talk about that this week. So that's something that's really, really cool. So what in the world have we done? And I know it's 9.30. We've got a few minutes, few minutes left here. We'll just be, be moving through here. But what in the world have we done during this pivot, this pandemic pivot that we call it? Well, I'll tell you, a lot of things have happened. We've had our live stream events. And I love the theme of hope today. Because about a year and a half ago, we launched our first live stream event in the U.S. and it was called Night of Hope. Coffee and Conversations, Night of Hope. And then we launched our second event called Expanding Hope. And now the theme for this speaking endeavor over the next couple of months is Serving Hope. And we're going to get to Season of Hope. And we're going to end with this amazing hopeful song here today. But live stream events have taken place. And can you believe this? We've had very successful live stream events. Church planting trainings. Matter of fact, a month ago, sixty-one leaders in East Africa graduated from our Zimzam Global Training, and it was full of challenges and problems. Right? It was full of challenges and problems in that weather issues, power outages, trying to train leaders on little screens that are cracked and they're just terrible to to, to try and look through. But God is doing His thing, and live stream trainings are taking place so that when We've gone to places that Tom and Aaron and I have gone, and we've done in-person, face-to-face, church-planting trainings with leaders there. We've done that live stream right now. And then major denominational trainings in Kenya. Matter of fact, a lady contacted me through our info at zimzamglobal.org and wanted to know if we could help them in their denomination. Let me just say, I get all kinds of stuff that's sent to me via email, and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is true, so I sent it out to our leader. And the entire denomination of Kenya Assemblies of God across the continent of about 60 million people, we've done our second face-to-face live stream training with 200 leaders there. And they've said, our partnership is solid. We're going to go across Africa Was Zimzam Global in our denomination. And that happened through this pandemic. So, really cool thing that's happened. And then feeding families across East Africa and South Asia. We just finished up a next round of feeding families in Northeast India with our brother Richard. Amazing things happen in there. People turning from their Hindu faith to faith in Jesus, not just because they got food, but because They receive the love of Jesus, and people stepping up and volunteering to want to make their house, make their land, donate their land to future church plants. Isn't that amazing? It's okay. You can, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And uh, we're delivering goats and wheelchairs provided for us through our families with disabilities in, in Tanzania. Amazing things happening there. One of the cool things that we'll be talking about this week is launching our new one-meal program in partnership with kids around the world. And our prayer and our goal is we continue to build this corridor of ministry engagement in the northwest, southwest, southeast, midwest. We're going to be launching one-meal food-packing events, and we want IBC with some others to lead the way in this region. And I got to thinking, wouldn't it be kind of cool if God used one-meal food-packing events here And we launched them in West Africa through Liberia, and it opens up other countries in in West Africa. Wouldn't it be so cool that God, decades ago, had led you guys to build this training center for such a time as this? And I'm hoping and praying that our One Meal food packing events will be opportunities for this church, Scottsdale Bible, Tri-County Baptist, Grace, across the U.S. here to be catalysts for hope and bringing churches and communities together. So we're really excited about that. We'll talk more about that maybe at a small group this week, Tom. We'll see how that works out. But I love this photo of some of our leaders, the Messiah, in Kenya and Tanzania. I love this here because of what? What's happening here? His hand is on the head, which is a common cultural thing in Africa. But as leaders are being trained, those hands on those heads now are blessings and burdens of influence and impact for the next generation of the church globally. We've had hundreds of leaders now across Tanzania, Kenya. We're getting ready to go into Rwanda, Uganda, the 11 countries in Southern Africa, Lord willing. And we want to see more things like this happening. And I hope and pray that one of these little guys and girls could be up here one day and say, for the glory of God, because of your partnership, I received the gospel, my family was transformed, we have a church in our area here. And so a lot of cool things happening among the Messiah. I talked a little bit about our Northeast India food distribution that's taking place, and uh, the One Meal program for kids around the world. And if, if we're able to get into a small group, I want to just show you a little video clip of what we're able to do and what we're going to be doing here in the future. And so the hope is, hope is ours together here with the gospel. As we continue to move forward in expanding across East Africa, as we move forward in opening up West Africa, we expand further in South Asia and then opening up of Latin America, it's going to be an amazing thing here. And you guys love West Africa. You love Anthony and... Doris, and I'm hoping to to see them this weekend, and God has used this mighty couple, right? God has used this mighty couple here as they have been practicing Matthew 10, John 12, as we talked about here, as they have been dying daily so that Liberia will live, and it's their hope and prayer as Anthony has recently come back and said, we've got 150 leaders ready to rock and roll here with you guys in a church planting training. And so we're excited about delivering that for the first time in February of this next year and uh, bringing these leaders together. And I'm just going to be so excited to have these guys a part of that. So let me just tell you a couple things as we close here. Praise God that we thank you, IBC and others in the community that have provided the funding to open up West Africa. The church has made a significant commitment. Others have made a commitment. The funding has been provided to open up West Africa through Liberia. Isn't that amazing? Through the pandemic, God has provided his people have given. And here's what's before us right now as I've shared this and cast this vision with people across the U.S. here. And that is we're just trusting God for another $200,000 to immediately do these four things. And I broke it down into four major areas here. One is we want to continue to provide food and supplies relief for Kenya and Northeast India, which is about 50,000, 25,000 for each location. Growing our U.S. and global teams, 50,000. Growing our global infrastructure that is going to take to support what we're doing globally. And then, praise God, we're getting ready to consider launching in Latin America. I know Tom, he, I can't hold him down. He's so happy about this. Our Latin America launch. He wants to, like, go lead the way there. Anywhere that he can speak pork and cheese, he's just happy about it, right? But through Kids Around the World, I'm sending two of our team to Ecuador at the end of November. And through our partnership with Kids Around the World and a $50,000 launch it's going to take to get that off the ground, we're projecting 12 future church planting trainings that will train over 600 leaders, that will help plant 120 new churches that will reach and disciple 15,000 new kids in Latin America. And so that's what we're hoping for and praying for. And let me just say this. Praise God for everything you guys are doing here. We don't want to take away from anything that you're doing here, you're giving here, other missions, ministries, right? And here's what I want to say about that. People ask me, well, Dave, wow, 200, how much should I give? I go, well, how much does it hurt? That's different for everybody. I want you to consider giving above and beyond until it really hurts. Because we are bringing hope to a hurting people like your stomach would turn upside down if you knew some of the details that we know about. So that's what we're praying for here. So let's just pray for us daily at that 1040 window at 1040 a.m. and 414 p.m. in the afternoon for that age group. Sign up to receive our updates. Give generously towards our goal of a church for every child. And consider hosting a one-meal event here at IBC. And it's my hope and my prayer that IBC will continue to set the path for the peninsula here.